This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. So, the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. From Flint to Philadelphia, from Hollywell to Hollywood. Rob Ryan Red is a brand new Wrexham AFC fans podcast by Nathan Salt and Richard Fay. Now, maybe you're well-versed in Wrexham history, or maybe you're new here, so here's a few things to jog your memory. Here is Vose. Great dribble by Don Vose. And still, Vose, he gets past another. Oh, what a goal! Don Vose! One of the goals of the season. He has toyed with the defence there. And that is remarkable. The ball boys getting involved. Conor Jennings, the captain, Wrexham's top goal scorer. 13 for the season. 14! Wrexham lead! It's Wrexham 1! Chester now! It's McDonough for Wrexham! Still Jerry McDonough! It's not coming in! McDonough around the keeper! Wrexham! Wrexham! to the lead, ladies! If yesterday was a Black Friday, but today is a Red Saturday! Hello, welcome to the latest episode of Rob Ryan Red, the Wrexham AFC podcast. I'm Rich Fay, joined once again by Nathan Salt, and we've got a bumper podcast this week. We'll be hearing from Paul Mullen after Wrexham's win against Altrincham in the post-Christmas haze. We'll be hearing from Brian Flynn as well as a special anniversary looms on the horizon. Nath, it's been a busy few weeks. I know we've not seen Wrexham play for a while, but back in action on the 28th away at Altrincham. 2-0 win, up to third in the table. Yeah, starting to dream again now. Are you? Oh yeah, Rich. It's uh, it's the end of a year, twenty twenty one. It just exciting, isn't it? I think. Uh, I mean, you know, I wasn't at the Altrincham game. I was following it intently, and I think I enjoyed it a bit more than Kevin Ratcliffe did on commentary. He seemed like he wasn't enjoying it, which he, he doesn't tend to on the radio. But no, it. it I don't think it was a, a classic. Fans coming on saying it, you know, it won't live long in the memory, but who cares? These are the games we just need to grind out. You know, we'd seen Stockport batter them, and, and, and for us, it was just about getting three points. Up to third, a point off top. Chesterfield drawing with Halifax works for us. Bromley losing. It's a dare to dream again, Rich. I mean, getting to January, a point off the top, ability to make some signings, it's, it's all looking pretty good. It is looking pretty good, and we mentioned on the podcast last week as well that the view from inside the club is very much that we've had our bad patch already, and now we approach a January transfer window. I know that... Uh, Co-owner Rob McElhenney tweeted in the after the the winner at Altrincham saying, you know, that 
it's been an interesting year in charge of the club, but he, he hinted towards a, a busy January of activity. And we know that the club are, are going to be busy in that window. And Rob McElhenney said the support both home and away has been astonishing. January will prove to be quite fun. So, Ooh. yeah, we've got, yeah, I mean, like I said, we will bring you bits and pieces on, on the transfer news that we know as well in, in the weeks ahead. And yeah, it's just an interesting one. I mean, I was looking on, on Twitter as well. I, I did, couldn't join the spaces last night, but like I said, we've got a clip of Paul Mullin speaking in that to come later. So you can hear from the man himself analysing the game and, and, and what's happened so far, really. But in terms of the Ultrangum game, Nafe, I mean, it, it was a bit flat. I went, just about got a ticket in the end. I'll tell you how I did that in a second. But just on the game, it was, it, yeah, it was just a bit flat, but a 2-0 win to go third in the table... I feel like maybe we're going to be a bit greedy. I know we're never really happy as Wrexham supporters, are we? Unless we're top of the table playing sort of ticky-tacker Ajax vintage football. There's always going to be a few grumbles, but I guess that's that's exactly what we wanted. It was a almost a non-event of a match. We won 2-0. It's quite comfortable. They had a spell in the second half. And yeah, the Wrexham sort of rise continues. Yeah, it was it was interesting when when I'd heard that Dean Furman had come on because we'd had such this this big thing, hadn't we, at the start of the season, Rich, where we had Furman on trial, and and I know that we were kind of close with his advisors and whatnot in, in that kind of deal. So, yeah, I was interested to see if he'd do anything, but I think for us, you know, I was pleased to see Aaron Hayden get on the score sheet. Really well worked goal that actually kind of crossed to the back stick, headed back across by. I don't know, was it toes or was it Lennon? Yeah, it was a big toes across. ahead. Yeah, big toes ahead. Really, It's actually a really clever play because you just get it right back into danger area and it's there on a plate for, for Aaron Hayden. I, I was banging the drum for, for Max Cleworth to start. Maybe I was getting a little bit carried away after one performance against Gloucester, but I, I just think it's a win. We, we've won the Phil Parkinson derby. You know what more do you want? Um, and, there's only and one I know Phil Parkinson. <laughs> there's, only, there's only one Phil Parkinson. I actually play Altrincham. And then what I've what I have learned in, in the last day or so is that calls have been made between our Phil Parkinson and certain players and their reps. So what I will say is wheels are turning. I get lots of questions we both do about which player's gonna come in, which player's gonna leave. Right now nothing nothing's done deal, no, there's no sign seal delivered, but calls have been made by Parkinson in the last couple of weeks to sort of gauge availability. So I'd expect wheels to be turning probably post the Notts County game. Um, but, yeah, it's it's an interesting one, Richard. I mean, Altrincham, I mean, we, we won the game, so it's, it's hard to sort of have too many complaints. Yeah, exactly, and that's what I mean. Like, you don't, personally, because I, I can't go to Notts at the weekend, so I, I'm not sure when my next Wrexham match is going to be. And I just, you've just got to enjoy everyone and, like I said, just can't take it for granted at all. A 2-0 win away from home. You know, you bite your hand off of that. You, a clean sheet, goal scorers from. I, I mean, the strikers were were poor. I thought, ironically, I thought Mullen had quite a bad game. I think it's five games now without without a goal for him as well. And yeah, his form, he just doesn't quite look fully fit at the moment. But he's Paul Mullen, so he's got to play because he creates chances out of anything. And he's had a dip, but it's a dip from his very high standards. So. Mm. I can't be too negative after a win. Like I said, we're up to third in the table. And I just want to have a special shout out now to a, a avid listener of the pod, Colin Boot, who goes to every single Wrexham game from Epsom and Surrey. He travels wow. home and away. He's only missed one match all season. So he's been to probably more than you and me combined, Nafe. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, driving no up from Epsom for every single game. And he helped me get my ticket yesterday because at about 10, half 10 a.m., I, I, I didn't think I'd be able to go to the game. And then I had a change of plans and I could go to the game, 
The problem was the cutoff to collect your ticket was midday. I was already in Manchester, 15 minutes from the Alty ground. There was that incident on the M56, which meant I, I couldn't drive back and get my ticket myself. So we put a call to arms out on, on Twitter and a couple of minutes later, Colin, who had already been to, to the club shop to pick up his own ticket, got in touch and said, yeah, I'm five minutes away. He'd just been to the Wrexham Lager store in town. He was going to get a keg, but they weren't open. So as he was uh, as he was refreshing his social media, he saw my, my cry for help, went back to the club shop, got my ticket for me, met me in Alty, and yeah, we stood together for the whole match. We enjoyed ourselves. We had a good... Yeah, it's good to get to get to know him really and speak to a listener of the pod and it's just great to, to have that. But it was just so, so great of him to, to go out of his way and bring bring the ticket from Manchester to Altrincham, meet me at the ground. It was unbelievable. And he even gave me some of his chips at half time as well. I mean wow. talk about spoiled. a courier service. That is Yeah, just... you've been you've been spoiled there. What a man. What a man. And uh, yeah, so big thanks to Colin for getting rich to the game. I did think at one point, Rich, you'd only get forty five minutes when the floodlights went out i thought someone had forgot to pay the meter but uh i thought you might be you know you might have to do a kind of ed sheeran concert or get your phones out with the torch but in the end it was all fine was it yeah it was we all fine it, there was a yeah there were sort of a, a huge sort of wave of concern in the away end it was like all the shot away again we tweeted the picture off the, the pod account as well and i was just thinking Alty don't have any interest in getting these lights back on. They're 2-0 down at half-time. They've been outplayed for the majority of the match. But thankfully, yeah, the lights came back on. Second half, I mean, you didn't really need any lights on the pitch to see what was happening. Anyway, it was awful. There was, there was nothing to enjoy. But yeah, 2-0 win, up to third in the table. And I think there was also that stat, wasn't there, um, which I saw doing the rounds on social media. Was it the first time since 2003, Wrexham have won five on the bounce away from home? That's it. That's it. And again, you know, Amazing. we talk about this quite often. I mean, not this weekend. We needed improvement in terms of performance. But our waveform is really, really good. And at home, it continues to be... I mean, we don't know why, but it just doesn't work out. And, you know, that's why the away days have been better, really, this season. I'm not sure home is where the heart is, to, to use the old kind of cliche. But what I, what I did want to do, Rich, just a couple of notes from the autumn game. A few things for you to, for you to get stuck into. Perhaps a word on, on Harry Lennon. There's some talk on the Twitter space last night that he's right up there with Mullen for you know, pushing for player of the season on as he's been he's been brilliant, I think. Every every game he's played, he's been fit. And then secondly, how concerned were you when you saw Jordan Davis go off? It, it looked like he'd done he'd done damage to his shoulder. People were saying that could be a couple of weeks. Does that alter maybe what you were expecting for January or, or is it on as planned for, for for the window, do you think? Yeah, I mean first on Harry Lennon thought he was great for me him and Ponticelli maybe man of the match last night Ponticelli did what he does you know he did a lot of running chased the ball down yeah he's, he's become he's got a real niche for that now really because I didn't used to really know what he did or what he offered but his work rate is phenomenal and I think it's unmatched really in the team Hazano was good going forward I think you know again defensively a bit susceptible there's a really it's... awkward moment in the second half when Hall Johnson cushioned a header down to I think Ryan Colclough and Alti missed some sitters in that second half. Unbelievable. Like, it really could have unraveled poorly. And the fact that we got a clean sheet is, you know, it's it's fortuitous to say the least. Um Bentoza almost scored a wonder goal, but their keeper pulled off a sensational save to to deny him. That was right in front of the packed away end, and that would have gone off. Um yeah, I thought Lennon was good again. And I know we've when we got him from South End, it was like we were signing a player who who was finished you know there was all these sort of it's so easy to write a player off I mean we signed Mullen 
and we had the Cambridge fan on saying, well, it was always Houlihan, actually. Muller yeah, didn't really do much. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever a player leaves, fans are always going to try to ease their own pain by saying, well, he wasn't very good. Harry Lennon, you know, if he stays fit, could be the best signing we made in the summer. He, he's been sensational. Um, in terms of Jordan Davis, yeah, he went up for a 50-50 ball. Uh, it's similar to the one that McAlinder got sent off for against the Oval, to be honest. Jordan lands awkwardly. It was quite innocuous. Falls back, falls onto his back. Um, I think it's his, sh- his shoulder or his arm. And immediately he signals to say, right, I need some help. Physio comes on and, yeah, Jordan limps off, holding onto, onto his left arm, I believe. And it didn't look in a good way at all. Yeah, like you said, I think that you, you typically say that's a few weeks maybe sidelined just because the nature of it, you've got to take it easy. Thankfully, our fa- pick, our fixture schedule isn't too packed actually coming up, so it might not be as much of an issue as we think. But yeah, particularly right. this weekend, it is one of concern. And you mentioned the transfer window there. I don't think it matters too much because I think regardless, midfield is the priority, isn't it, next month? It's, yeah. got, it's got to be addressed with, I'd still say, two signings. I think you need that defensive holder and you need someone who's got the creativity because yesterday, again, it was long ball, long ball, long ball, it was really ugly football. I know we won, but there's just not you're just not getting the best out of your strikers either, particularly Mullen, because he needs it on the ground, running in behind into those channels. But it just still just isn't happening. So I think we need that creative spark in midfield as well, someone who's got something a bit different and can unlock defences. I was a big fan of the photos of Bryce Hosanna's celebration, because obviously this was his first senior goal wasn't it first senior goal I saw that Leeds Academy tweeted about it and there's a great picture um, between Bryce celebrating and Reese Hall Johnson you can tell they really struck up a good partnership on and off the pitch which is what you'd hope we spoke I can't remember what podcast it was in now Rich we kind of racked up to 47 but there was one where we were talking about I think it might have been with Curtis Obeng in our interview with him about how when it when he was when he was on song and, and in tune with Neil Ashton, we were flying, and without that kind of partnership, even though you're on opposite sides and you couldn't be further apart, really, if if you if your full back, if your wing backs are in tune with one another, it makes a massive difference. You know when to push, when to drop, and I think yeah, I, I think that we we look at it and go, Bryce Hosanna and and Riesel Johnson are the first choice options as much as we and others have banged the drum for Cameron Green. And Tyler French, I mean, Tyler French not involved at all. Um, you know, these are the kind of players that want first-team football, but it does seem that Riesel Johnson and, and uh, Bryce Hosanna are, are Parky's first choice. I mean, Jamie Record, I've, I've absolutely no idea. He's, he's vanished into the realm with Devontae Redmond, I think. Cam Green as well. I mean, what, what's happened to these to these fullbacks that we have that we knew were fully fit who, who, who just don't seem to appear at all? Um, it was... Yeah, really, really strange the the way that those players have fallen out of favour. I know there was a a tweet yesterday, someone asking where was Tyler French and he liked it himself. So you can read into that what you want, really. But yeah, I think that that we've spoken about before, like I said, that Curtis Obeng interview, if you've not listened to it, go back. And I know we're going to do a little plug in in the coming days for all our our interviewees we've had this year. And we're grateful for all them. Like I said, we've had Obeng, we've had Malt, we've had Miebe, we've had some real childhood heroes here for us uh, growing up. But yeah, in terms of that, the wing-backs have to have that sort of synergy. They've got to be on the same wavelength because so often they need to be putting balls in for the other one and you need someone to be there on the end of them, really. And I think they've got a real good understanding. Bryce Hazana, 
Speaking as someone who who also did buy Football Manager 2022 over the the festive period, <laughs> Bryce Azana he's, he's becoming my favourite player quite quickly. Actually, he's I really just love the way he plays. I know he's not the finished article, but he's really exciting to watch. And yeah, I'm I'm delighted for him. He deserved it. It was a really weird one though because both goals were at the opposite end. Like I said, the atmosphere was a bit flat anyway, just because the Wrexham diehards were on the opposite side of the ground to so the sort of ulti diehard contingent. And yeah, the goal was really hard to, to know what had happened. Uh, thought the attacker died and then the header hits the crossbar then the rebound comes back down and Hazana heads it from what looked like an impossible angle in over the keeper and in, into the far corner. It was really weird. And I, that's another thing which I think contributes to it sort of a, a bit of a hollow atmosphere it's when the goals are hard to see get down the other end you not you can't really mm. enjoy them as much because you're like scratching your head saying who scored that what happened there and you've got to wait for the tannoy to to explain what happened but yeah really good and like i said at the start of the pod really good to get goals from other areas of your pitch as well because yes mullen might be going through a bit of a dry spell but if your center backs and your and your wing backs are scoring goals it's not as much of a problem yeah, it's, it's someone said to me, you know, it, it, that's why going to Knots on Sunday will be so exciting because it's a proper stadium, sellout, you know, away allocation. It, it can be quite soulless in these grounds. You wouldn't call them stadiums, you call them grounds, don't you? Where open air, you can't really trap an atmosphere and, and you can barely see it at the other end. I know I can't with my with my vision, but you can barely see it at the other end and it, it just really adds to the kind of frustration, of it, especially if the game goes a bit flat as well. But... Um, what was I going to say then? I've I've lost my I've lost my train of thought now. But um, yeah, it's it's an it, it's an interesting one January in terms of incomings and outgoings. What? No, I remember what I was going to say. Rich football manager, you reminded me. Football manager. There's a there was a post. I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. There's a post of a, a, a player in Finland who plays football manager twenty two, who had just discovered Super Paul Mullin, and he said he's the best player he's ever used on football manager. So there you go. He said he's I unbelievable. And uh, th- this player in Finland had just become obsessed with Paul Mullen and Wrexham. So that that guy, that that uh, made me laugh. I enjoyed that very much. Um, but yeah, going back to Knots, you and others, I mean, you weren't alone in, in saying that a repeat performance that against Altrincham at Knots will, will bring a very different result, you think? Yeah, absolutely. I think we were, we, like I said, we were just a bit off it in all areas of the pitch, really, and the goals, I mean, the first goal comes basically from a set piece, which, you know, is a nice luxury to have. We rode our luck at times, particularly in the second half. Alti had a spell about 15, 20 minutes of sort of relentless attacks. And if they had if they had their own Paul Mullen, they probably would have scored two or three goals because they had some real, real guilt-edged chances in the match. It was just, yeah, it was a bit of an awkward one. Like I said, we can't be too negative, but you've got to have these serious sort of inquests even after a win because you can't just be like, oh, 2-0 win everything's fine, you've got your clean sheet, three points, because yes, that is true to an extent, but you can't ignore the issues which were still there. So, not like I said at the weekend, that is another one. We battered them when we played them in that first home game of the season, you know, in that reduced capacity game that was on TV. We absolutely battered them and we should have won that game 2 or 3 nil. And this, this weekend is, is going to be a real test and again, sort of a barometer of where we actually are at because... You know, over the, we've just been steadily going about our business. Not, I know we've had some big away wins against some of the smaller teams in the league. Of course, that Halifax win as well, which was I know we'll get onto this from Paul Mullen was was sort of a turning point in the season, and, and it feels like we've we've really had that self belief from there. 
but we've just been quietly going about our business, not too many frills, not too much excitement, sort of the polar opposite to what's happening off the pitch at the moment with the club and all the excitement and, and hoo-ha about that. And yeah, we're, we're just slowly creeping up and getting where we need to be. And to be within touching distance heading into the January window is phenomenal. But whether we go up automatic or are going to be successful oh. in the playoffs, we have got to be able to go to places like Notts County and win. Yeah, I mean, last mm. season you'd say a draw would do, but we need that sort of statement victory, I still think, away from home and just play a team completely off the park. Because yes, we did it at Halifax and won, but we were second best that night. And I just want to see us play against one of these sort of promotion rivals and just absolutely batter them. It's it's such an interesting, intriguing tie. Ruben Rodriguez will be out because of suspension you know they've had a couple of games and, and and will they be rusty in a way you know coming back I think there was an element of that for a couple of players yesterday in terms of just finding their feet getting back up to speed you know we hear so many players which say they like to keep playing because they like to keep a rhythm and when they're out they you know they struggle and it will be interesting for us after the Knots game to have no game on the 8th because of Borenwood in the FA Cup then got Folkestone in Victor so there'll be rotation there in the FA Trophy and then you've got Yeovil away on the 23rd, 22nd, whatever the Saturday is there. So, you know, it's it's, it's not many games in a, in, a, in a long period there, but it is interesting. And now might be a good time to to slot in our, our chat with Paul Mullen, mate, because as I do after matches, I, I was on the rotation with the Fearless lads and, and I was hosting the sort of now a traditional Twitter space that, that is after the matches and like a 606 phone-in type thing. Uh, and they seem to be very successful and people are enjoying listening to them and listening to me jabber on about X, Y, Z. And Paul Mullen puts his tweet out, you know, his, his post-game tweet to say, what a year, great year, thanks a lot for the support, three big points. So I just tweeted him the the link to the space. Next thing I know, he comes on and he's speaking. And uh, yeah, it's amazing. Bef- before we get into the clip, Rich, it's amazing that players are, are comfortable to come on and and engage with a fan fan base in that sort of way. Yeah, it definitely helps after you've just won a game. But yeah, fantastic from Paul. And I think that that's something we've said throughout the season. He gets it. He's bought into this fan base as much as, as we've sort of welcomed him. And he just loves it here. He generally loves it here. And that's why, I don't want to get too pessimistic, but I do believe that even if we didn't get promoted this season, I think he would give us another year because... In terms of a financial aspect, I can't really see him getting a much better deal than, than what we'll be able to offer him anyway. And in terms of, of what you're doing, do you want to go to League One, maybe the Championship, and be part of a four, sort of four-strike force where you're not the main man? Or do you want to play for Wrexham where you are the main man? You run the town. You know, you're going to get a statue after you if you get us promoted. You, you know, you're Paul Mullen, mate. He loves it here. We love him. And yeah, it was so good to hear him speak. And speak honestly and openly as well. It wasn't just sort of your... You sort of media training under arm answers. You know, he spoke honestly and openly. And yeah, I guess roll the clip, Nath. Paul, are you there, mate? Is it working? Yeah, yeah it... there you are, mate. <laughs> How are you doing? I've seen the request and I didn't know what I was doing, so I'll just. No, it's all right, mate. We're, we're, we're veterans of the Twitter space. How are you doing? How's, how's the dressing room after that one, then? Good, isn't it? Good win. Main thing is three points. That's all that matters. We're looking at it. You obviously, were saying about you know you you had such success with Cambridge last year. What what is it about sort of second half of a campaign now that we need to get us over the line because we've come so close so many times. It's about 
your experience, Ben's experience, and others in that in that dressing room now, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. As as I said from the start, it's going to take us a while to get to know each other and get going. But once we do, we'll we'll do well. But obviously, at the minute, as you've just said about the away games and the results are going well for us, aren't they? But I think we'll um, get better even again in January. I don't know what additions we'll make, if any. I don't know. What... <laughs> Thing is, with you're gonna that. you're gonna you're gonna come on and drop us some transfer gossip then for a second. I thought no, not quite. No, nah, but uh, <laughs> but no, it, it, it's one of them where I, I don't know. So so obviously you've been with us this season, but but what's been one of the highlights obviously of the season? I mean, I know for a lot of us it was that moment at the end of Halifax, that celebration, the sort of Klopp esque celebration. I mean, is that <laughs> is that sort of the best moment you've had in a Wrexham shirt so far, Paul? Do you think? Yeah, I think that's been the most enjoyable end to a game, hasn't it? But um. I think that result sort of turned the corner for us as well, in a way. Mm. Um, after that game, obviously, we've gone on and put a lot of good results together. Um, but before that, we were a bit hit and miss. So, obviously, the consistency is getting better for us. And we've just got to keep working at it. But that's the most enjoyable moment I've had. And, you know, scoring a late win and never better. But it was um, it was a good night that night. And you've seen him day in, day out, Kwame Thomas. I mean, obviously, the fan base have chuffed to have him back it's, it's been a long road to get to this point we, we saw a little bit of you two together at the end today a, a word on a word on his kind of rehab and, and to, to sort of get him back in the mix no, that's great for him I, um, I was buzzing for him when he scored against uh, Gloucester was, uh, in the cup obviously when you're out for a long time it's hard when you come back to get back flying again but to get the first goal it'll give him a lot of confidence and you're seeing today when he come on what he can bring to us and win us fouls and get us up the pitch and um, someone who can get hold of the ball and uh, bring others into play so we're uh, looking forward to hopefully playing with him a little bit more as well Notts County then on, on, on Sunday I mean, I mean kind of this busy period of, of Christmas games and, and festive games do you, do you get much training in or is it just kind of recover and, and, and go again on Sunday No you, just you know? go to pub turn straight up at the game <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, big, big just... night out on the Friday, big New Year's party for all of us and yourself, no doubt. Sadly no enough. Doubt. But um, I'm lots of cards. We'll have a few days just to recover now and drink plenty of fluids, but water and good fluids and um, get back on the training grounds and, um, to be honest, try and get myself a bit fitter. Yeah, how are, how are you feeling? Because obviously I, I was at Edgeley Park when, when that was honestly probably my favourite moment because I wasn't at Halifax, but I was when you sort of did that Christ the Redeemer celebration after about 60 seconds at Stockport and I felt I went flying down a load of seats. But but how are you feeling on a more serious note? And I, I know Phil said he wanted to give you a bit of a, a rest during that trophy game. No, we still haven't got the bottom of it. There's still a bit of uncomfortable, well, miscomfort there or whatever, discomfort, mm. whatever. But um, if I just play on, do you know what I mean? It's one of those things that'll learn. It's getting better slowly but surely. So just gotta keep going and um hopefully start to feel hundred percent again soon. Yeah, it's uh it's it's one of those you said you say kind of it needed time to click. We're not we're not the most patient bunch of we're 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 very passionate, but we're not not the not the most patient. But um, you know, I mean I'm stating the obvious, but you must have enjoyed kind of the huge support we're getting, or was it eleven hundred again today? There'll be more when we're allowed back to the race course I and mean, it's unbelievable isn't it the following for 14 years at this level that's oh, magnificent especially I first noticed mainly on Maidenhead on a Tuesday night when it was sold out basically um, which is such a long way to go I was taken aback by it but they've had great support all season and one thing I said at the start was obviously the hysteria around the club and all the attentions going to bring fans it's our job to keep them there and 
at the minute we're doing well and hopefully the fans are going to stick with us like they have done all, all season up to now and um, keep bringing the big crowds because in tough moments they do help so especially at Halifax you go one down and you can watch the video back it's the fans who really pick us up yeah, I just thinking back to to your sort of few months with us. You you you've you've watched us from all different angles. Either you've been playing, you're in the away end with us at South End. You're in the aviation gin suite for. Uh, we need to try and get in there, Andy. I know Andy's listening still. But we need to try and get in there. It looks very nice. It's very swanky. Yeah, um, right. You're better in the normal seat. That's where I'd better, rather be. Better in the, better in the normal seat in the Yale paddock or wherever we are. Um, yeah. So yeah, Paul. I mean, like I say, just, I don't want to keep you on too much longer, but kind of the the, the season now. How, how I don't know. We're not footballers, but how far ahead can we look now in terms of planning out how to, how to get through these games? Is it just that cliche of just got to get through one game and and worry about that, or or can we look and kind of think you can sort of plan rests for certain players here or there? I think in a normal scenario, normal world, the manager might do that um, and look to see where he can freshen things up and stuff. But in the world we're in at the moment with COVID and stuff, there's not much you can do, is there? Because you can't plan for the next day, never mind the next game. Um, so you just, at the minute, we're taking every day as it comes because you never know what's around the corner. <clears throat> Top man. Uh, I, no don't, I, I, know, I know you've uh, got very nice b- things to do, uh, but thanks for coming on, Paul. Really appreciate that. Everyone enjoy even. listening to it. I just joined and... Um, seen the requesting I didn't know what I was doing so no worries I've nagged, I've nagged you to come on but appreciate Join it really them, appreciate it mate have a really good new year it. you too mate take care have a good new year I'll see you on Sunday Knox County cheers right. mate so, so Rich as we heard there then in that clip I, I, the most interesting element for me there was that they haven't yet been able to to get to the root of his problem and I think you, you could see that and, and others have been able to see that he's just not 100% fit is he and, and that's hampering his ability to be as super as he as he can be yeah exactly maybe at the moment he is just Paul Mullen rather than super Paul Mullen based on recent performances but like I said I think part of the problem as well comes from midfield because Paul is having to drop deeper he's having to drift out wide just to get on the ball in the first place he's just not getting the service and the delivery which he requires I think if you get someone in January who can do lots of that legwork in midfield who can create the opportunities then you can play Mullen if he's not fully fit, still in this sort of reduced role where he just becomes a poacher, playing on the last line, running through on goal and just having efforts, you know, and just getting that opportunity because it's so rarely that Paul Mullen seems to sort of get past the ball in the box. Do you know what I mean? He seems mm. to have to go and yeah. win the ball himself, have an effort from distance. In terms of playing as a, as a sort of number nine, considering how lethal he is, he doesn't really play like your usual sort of striker who lurks in between the goalposts. I think you know, he can obviously do that and he'd be excellent at it. But at the moment, we rely on him too much to create opportunities as well, which is, you know, he's great at doing that. So that's not so much a problem. We've seen him get some important assists for us this season as well. But I think if you can get someone who's giving him more opportunities in those those positions which a striker loves, then you're going to get even more from him in the new year. And like I said, I think particularly if he's not fully fit, we need to find a way to manage that properly and to be able to sort of compensate for maybe a lack of movement, a lack of energy at the moment, just so that if a chance falls to him in the box, he is scoring it. But more importantly, he's there in the first place. He's not the one having to run out wide to get the ball anyway. So, yeah, it makes sense, particularly him saying that, you know, still not sure exactly what the problem is. But for someone who's not fully fit, he's still a phenomenal player, isn't he? And yeah, it's just so down to earth and so great to hear from him. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant to get him on. And a quick shout then, if you 
haven't heard it that there is a recording of that and you can go back and listen to it in full if you want to listen to the twitter space in full we had some other sort of i say famous no just some recognizable names among the fan base on there to come on and have a chat and we do those after most matches like i say on a rotation basis so do follow us on twitter at rob brian red that that's been one of the real kind of um big things for us hasn't it rich just to kind of grow this platform and on the podcast and on twitter it's been really really good and and if you want to get in touch with us on email rob ryan red at gmail.com and we're hoping to maybe mix it up a bit aren't we rich in 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 2022 maybe maybe refresh our intro a little bit and give ourselves a bit of a lick of paint and, and kind of evolve a little bit i think yeah exactly i think we need to have what the club had under rob and ryan themselves and have maybe a bit of a revamp bit more of a maybe a modern twist to it all so that got plans for all that underway and as well this is probably a good chance to plug as well spotify now let you rate podcasts on on there as well so if you could be so kind to like we said if you've not subscribed already please do do subscribe to the podcast that helps us grow as well like the podcast as well share them if you can do but yeah if you can give us a rating on whichever podcast platform you use that would be a big help as well just to get us up the charts get us seen a bit more and yeah spread the word word of mouth you know that's the best way to do it really if you've enjoyed this podcast or any podcast just tell one person about it really and that would be a huge help for us as well like we said we don't get any pay for this this is all voluntary (laughs) in our spare time so we love doing it we love hearing back from you as well and your feedback and we hope that we can help you get through these cold winter nights as well just by talking about the town for a good hour or so and like we said we've already heard from paul mullen and Nate, we've also got another special guest lined up coming very soon yeah well before i was i was just going to say a quick one of my favorite things about doing the podcast rich is speaking to people on match days away days you know i spoke to a few people at barnet when we went there together obviously you spoke to colin at that i love that uh, so more of that if you see us come say hello i will be at Notts county uh if you rec- i mean you can't uh, miss me with my kind of curly hair like the do you remember, do you remember when we went to Barnet and someone came up to you We, were, you and me were stood next to each other someone that was came, it yeah, someone came up it. to you and said hey Nave I love the pod and just didn't acknowledge me so just just blanked you completely mate yeah you need to maybe just you know maybe maybe just put market yourself maybe your hair needs to grow out a bit more maybe more of a distinct look or something get you a nose ring or ESP mm. or something just to suggestions welcome stand out maybe we'll figure it out mate We'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, special guest. So, as as, as there's, yeah, I'm, I'm sure everyone in the fan base knows this is a a, a monumental week um, coming up in, in the club's history. Thirty years since Wrexham, ninety second of ninety two teams in the league. You know, spared relegation because there wasn't on that year. Brian Flynn's Wrexham beat Arsenal. You know the story by now. You've seen Mickey's free kick. You've heard about Steve Watkins' goal, and I know. The fearless lads have done brilliant in the fanzine to, to pull together loads of voices. But one of the people I helped pull together was a chat with Brian Flynn himself. And it was great to kind of pick his brains for, for well over an hour about this and that and, and various things on and off the record. So what I will do is I'll, I'll, I'll play part of that clip now, Rich, to, to see us out for this podcast. And yeah, it's an amazing week. Anniversary is the 4th of January. And lots more to come, I'm sure, of, of this week. We'll, we'll see what we can do. I don't want to make any promises because that is a risky territory to find myself in. But uh, I'm, I'm sure Mickey, Wayne Phillips and others are, are kind of desperate to speak about it and, and reminisce about... I mean, it, it, I know it's before my, my, my time, but it's got to be up there as one of Wrexham's best ever results, even mixing it with the Anderlecht Knights, the Zaragoza Knights. It's got to be, hasn't it? 
Yeah, and you think even probably Porto is the is the pinnacle. Porto, I'd say yeah. Arsenal, you know, the, in terms of a one-off, it is the, the performance that everyone knows. It, it literally did put Wrexham on the map and give us that notoriety. And for me, it's the greatest ever FA Cup upset still to this day. You know, just everything about it, like you said, the circumstances we were in. Arsenal were the team. They were amazing. And this is before the FA Cup got sort of saturized. This is the strongest Arsenal team playing against Wrexham at the Kairas packed house. Looks like we're gonna, you know, go out because when you when you go behind against a team like that, so rarely do you even sort of muster an attempt at coming back into the game. Like I said, Mickey gets all the credit. Stevie Watkin, the hero. It just gives you goosebumps. And every time you see that Mickey free kick on your Twitter timeline, you stop what you're doing. You watch it, you drink it in, and you think, God, I cannot wait for those days to return. But on the flip side, you want those games to be because you're in the same league as those teams. It was still, we were in League Two at the very basement of the Football League. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't mm. sort of a glory period, although it's become recognised as one now, hasn't it? Because because of the significance of that game and, and what it meant and, you know, our cup runs in the 90s anyway. But we were still in the wrong part of the Football League when, when that had happened the season before. So... Yeah, absolutely incredible. What a day. Enjoy the highlights. Like I said, we've got a couple of things in, in the works to sort of celebrate that next week and look ahead to that. Like I said, it's all voluntary, so it depends on how much free time we get over the weekend. But <laughs> you make making more what you're making more work for us. But yeah, let's let's hear from Flynn. He, he's masterminded the day alongside Kev Reeves and, and Joey Jones and, and we got a lot of requests, Rich, to see if we can get Flynn on. Well, wish granted. Let's hear from Brian Flynn. One of the best things when you speak to fans at that time was they loved the the attacking nature of the football. You know, it wasn't wasn't necessarily the most defensive football you'd ever seen. Um, obviously, you had good defenders at the time, but there was a real energy and desire to get forward and, and use the the wide players and that sort of thing. Was, yeah, there, was, there, was there anything? Was there any sort of part of you? You say you had, but was there any part of you in the week looking at the big names that they had and you know the sort of the championship status they had to say? Maybe we need to change our approach. Maybe we need to show them more respect. Or did you just have total belief in in, the, in what you were doing with with Kev and others? Well, yeah, throughout my coaching career, managerial career, I've always been more concerned on what. And I think a ninety nine point nine percent of managers and coaches will say exactly the same. It's more about what we do. Mm. It's more about concern that we perform. If we perform to our very best and get beaten, no complaints. No complaints if we if, if we're on top form. Uh, I, I I was always always against stressing the importance of getting at least three players in the penalty box in the opposition penalty box, at least three, hopefully four. If we are playing if we are playing with a four-two-three system, which we normally did, uh, and, and you get your three front three front men in the box or one wide crossing, it Clark only crosses, at least one or two of your midfield players going getting in the penalty box, Wayne Phillips, Gareth Owen, come spring to mind. Uh, so it was all an emphasis on, on, on goal scoring. And funnily enough, i just done some little bit of research there. And I just hmm. looked at both the goal scoring heroes in the, in the past. Gary Bennett got, I don't know how many can, can balls Gary Bennett got. He's got a house full, I think. Mm. Uh, and then and going back to the FA Cup, which is which is key, and it's, it's seldom mentioned, uh, but uh, Steve Walker was the key to everything in, in, in that run. Mm. We, we, 
We we played Winsford at home in the first round proper, struggling, losing two one. Steve Watson hat trick. Mm. We then draw Telford uh, United or Stoke. Uh, and Telford had gone to Stoke on the Saturday and drew with them. Danny Parker Stoke, big club, Telford. I don't think they were in the conference then. And we got me, Kevin, Joey Coach, the replay at Bull's Head in Telford. And Telford battered them, battered Stoke one easily. So we have, we wouldn't have played Stoke, obviously, Nathan, because the, 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 the game would be better, the travelling fans would be more from Stoke, obviously. Mm. Telford did bring a good deal, but Stoke would have brought a couple of thousand, which would increase the gate. And the FA Cup was a financial bonanza for us, mm. obviously. So uh, then we watched that game. We are going into the game against Telford as 100% underdogs at home. Hmm. 88 minute winner from Steve Walker. Yeah, massive. 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 Yeah, massive. Hatrick against Winsford. Late winner against Telford. Winning goal against the champions of the, hmm. the British British champions. He was a massive key figure. People forget. Look, if I ask the question, well, the people ask me, will you manage against Arsenal? I said, yes. My first reply is, who scored the winning goal? Everybody says Mickey Thomas. Yeah, no, well, that's the that's yeah, the one that gets replayed yeah. over and over. And he never, he, he never took a free kick all season. <laughs> yeah, well, it looked like Wayne. Was, it looked like it looked, it looked like Wayne was about to take it short. That was it looked, if you watch it closely, Nathan, you can see him swearing at um, where to go to yeah. Wayne Phillips. It looked like, it looked like Wayne was about to take it short before he said yeah, he said to do one basically. If you read his lips, Mickey's told him in no uncertain terms what to do. Because Wayne's probably saying, I said to him, well, we, well, why did you take it? And this is years later. Mm. He said, well, it was too far to shoot. And they really were a bit too close to get across it. It was like in that area yeah. where no man's land. It we was, hadn't worked yeah. on free, we hadn't worked on free kicks sort of that distance. He, he said it was, he couldn't shoot from there. Mickey couldn't shoot from there. It's not a chance. Mm. So I thought he was going to bend the ball in just behind him on the penalty spot. And that's what he comes up with. <laughs> when you, you know, when you when you think back to to the, you know analysing Arsenal and you know so much data you'd have had on them and, and footage and film and watching them. You've been able to watch them yourself, or you know, you and Kev been able to no. sort of compile. No, you hadn't. You hadn't get to, got to watch them in the build up. No, we hadn't. We, we, we uh, my memory shows me well. No, we didn't. Do we didn't see Arsenal play at all? Leader, we looked at the household names, all international players. Sure, but we knew the strength. I think all our players knew the strength and weaknesses. Uh, what we, I think, we did get information on the uh, the two prior games playing against us in terms of system. Yeah. Who was general general knowledge? Who was injured? Mm. Was going to be suspended? What's a likely team to be? Uh, just general stuff. We might have had a, one match report on them. Right. Thinking about that, Errol, Errol Hughes, who's my scout in the Northwest. I would imagine he would have seen the last, last game away from home that they played prior to playing us. I would have had that right. match report. Yeah. Well, thinking back. What, what do you think? What do you think were the weaknesses there that you maybe thought that we could have exploited? You know that maybe others didn't give us a, a prayer. 
Well, what do you think that? Uh, okay, you watched the game unfold, and, and we're watching it. Like you say, Merson, I thought played really well in that first half, and it was a it was a tough assignment for was it Thackeray at right back? Was it? Um, yeah. And, and you know, it was a really tough assignment for him. Merson's having a field day. They get the goal. You, you know. Did it unfold that first half how, how you expected? I know we were 1-0 down, but like you say, we're not out of the game, are we? We're not out of the tie at 1-0 at home. Yeah, that, that's exactly And uh, what, 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 obviously, you can look back and pat yourself. What I predicted at halftime as well was that they become complacent. Right. And they did. So that, that was the message at our time that you felt like that they yeah, would think yeah. the job's done. They've got so much of the ball. They get, they, they, they'll get, I've seen so Look, I'm, obviously I've been in recruitment for donkeys here. So many games I see where the team gets so, so much possession of the ball, they get bored of it. They get bored of the ball and start doing sloppy things and not concentrating. That's what Arsenal did. You know, the, um, and the golden rule... Again, I keep coming up with these golden rules. If you're a defender, you are not allowed to slip. Because mm. if you slip, you're in the wrong place and you're off balance. It's too, and you cannot, if you're a defender, you can't be in the wrong place and you can't be off balance. Impossible. It's against the rules of football. <laughs> that, that's my my rule. My rule, Nathan. That, that's, that's a, it's a good rule to live by. I think. I think if you can avoid yeah, that, you, you're never going to go too far wrong. You're going to be in the wrong position because you're yeah. off balance. You're stretching or you're turning. And look at Tony Adams. Yeah. Tony Adams slipped. Yeah. He slipped. He's in the wrong position at the wrong time. Great concentration. Nah, he's, Steve Walker's not going to get that. Right. Even if he does, he's not gonna. Even if he does, he's not gonna put it past Seaman from that angle. Mm. Complacency, utter complacency. There's no complacency about Mickey Thompson's free kick. That's no. a wonder goal. Yeah, that's a wonder goal. Beating the England goalkeeper to the top, side netting of the corner of, of the goals. That was no fluke. That was yeah. That was perfection of a free kick. When you when you look at it at, at half time, you know all the sort of former players I speak to, you, you never want to really rant and rave. You know they always said you, you really considered it in in your point. And at half time, did you did you see any sort of dropped heads, or did, you know was there anyone that needed lifting, or did they just have that belief that they believed what what you were telling them? Really, if you know what I mean, in terms of they also yeah. believed that they they they, they were going they could pull something off. There was that belief that we had players who could, uh, who were, uh, I tell you another influential person in there, uh, doesn't often get a mention, but uh, was key in the dressing room prior, half time, after the match as well, was Gordon Davis. Right. Gordon Davis was uh, very influential in the dressing room, which I'm, I'm keen on, obviously. How so was he? What, what did he do that was that stood out so much in, in that in that sort of before after and before joining? You know, what, what what did he do that was so special? Do you think? Yeah, well, certainly in the, in, uh, prior to the game, he relaxed the he relaxed, uh, he relaxed the players. A little bit of humour, little bit a little bit of one to one talking with certain players. Well, certainly still walking because he's up front with me. I could see him one to one, you know, talking to him, uh, which is relaxing him, relaxing him. 
And um, yeah, he was he was he, he played a big part. Ricky in the dressing room was not he's not a nightmare, but he's all over the place. But he just did his own thing. Mm. You know, you you're not looking to make him to calm things down. To uh, uh, his own thing, basically, and leave him to it. Because that's what I, know, I played with Mickey for Wales hundreds of times, and that's what he does. Just let me get on with it, I'll get on and get to it. So, in terms of a, a mentor in, in a death room, Mickey wasn't that, but Gordon was certainly was. Yeah, well, I was going to say there's so many in that dress room that have just got like stalwart status, you know, kind of Phil Hardy and Carl Connolly and. Gaz Owen and all these other ones that and Mickey like that you know that group that you had of obviously among yeah. Jackson's finest that you know that, that many can remember. Um, so you know Mickey, you see Mickey line up for that free kick. At that point, we've got a little bit more of a foothold in the game, more so than we did in that first half, and we're shooting towards the Arsenal fans. Like you say, your your thoughts on the sideline. You know, are you are you saying are you saying to Kev that he, he's going to whip it? What what were you just sort of that those few moments where he's lined it up? You've not been practicing free kicks. You've got the England international in goal. You know, he's lining it up like he's going to shoot. What was going through your head at that point in in, in those celebrations when he when he scores one of the finest goals we've seen at the race course? Nathan, you obviously know it was a tradition for me to watch the game from the stands. Yeah, yeah. I, I watched every single game, Wrexham game, at home, and more more often than not, away in the stands, because I, I you could uh, you could assess the game better from there. Sure. You were more you were more in control of your emotions. I went in the dugout with Kev, with Kev and Joey, and I know what Joey's like. You know, how emotional Joey is in the He's so emotional. Yeah, fantastic emotion. It's the same, but in a quiet sort of way. So I, I, for three of us to be in there, no calm heads coming in half-time for team talk or after the game. So I watched it. Uh, and uh, I just thought to myself, there's no way he's going to no shoot. Uh, and then looking at the length of his run-up, I'm, I'm changing my mind. Because if he's going to cross this ball in the box and the... And the angle of his shoot, of, of where he's approaching the ball, means he's only going to shoot. Mm. Look, I can give you an example. How does Johnny Wilkerson uh, kick the balls? Look at the angle that he takes to kick balls high and long. Yeah, no, yeah, John, exactly. Johnny Wilkerson. Yeah. Yeah, that's in the run-up. He's, uh, Mickey was going to hit it full flat face on, mm. running straight at it. You know. Uh, when you're a coach, you look at these techniques that other people have and, and transfer them into into what you can use with, with, with your players uh, in terms of technique. Uh, yeah, I think he's going to at least hit the target, make him, make him save, make him save it, and then top corner. It's uh, bedlam. All hell yeah. let, let, let loose. That's, that's the only way to describe <laughs> it. It was, it, was, it was total bedlam and... You know, at that point, then do you do you feel that there's been a, a momentum shift, or, or are you thinking actually maybe this wakes them up? You know, what what do you think at that point? Because you're you're back on level terms, they've got to the be honest, Nathan, you know? Yeah, to be honest, Nathan, I had one thing and one thing only on my mind: replay at Highbury. Replay, yeah. Finances more important. Finances were more important than. Uh, and anything else, it was, it was absolutely key to continue continuing our 
we were on starting to get on the way up, starting to starting to improve as a club, uh, definitely as a team. And uh, I was I was thinking, well, we can get fifty thousand at Highbury. Mm. Get, get receipts would be forty five percent of forty five percent of even half a million pounds. Yeah, yes, a lot of money. We'll be, we'll be two hundred grand. We over two hundred grand. That's like. As much it's as we get on, it's more than a lot of money. It's like a, it's like winning a lottery, Nathan. So mm. that really, I'm thinking, like, let's hang on, let's, let's can we can we get a draw? Minimal, let's get a draw. Then can we can we get can we get to Highbury and then uh, see what can happen? Well, that was absolutely amazing, Nate. Like, so there is a full interview of that, which I guess worst case, we could even just put that out next week with another one we've got in the pipeline just as a bit of a Arsenal special. So fascinating to hear from him. I know you listening to this like us could just sit down and listen to him all day, pick his brains. Absolutely fantastic, that Nate. And yeah, can't wait for, for the anniversary of that game again next week. So thank you very much for joining us on today's podcast, Nate. Thank you very much as well. Thanks very much for having me and- 47 episodes rich what an amazing 2021 for us the first year of the pod yeah it's been absolutely phenomenal thank you for all your support along the way as well you know that's what makes it all worthwhile when you do come up to us at games and just if you dm us a message we've had a few of those the last few days just thank yous really knowing that it's all worthwhile we just wrecked some fans who want to talk about the club and we're so privileged and humble that, that you've listened and have listened this far as well again today. Thank you very much once again. Notts County this weekend. Who knows what lies ahead in the January transfer window. Rob Brian Red will be there all the way. Thank you very much. Take care. Happy New Year. And we'll see you again next time. It's the 90th minute. All your mates are around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got butt for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order mug delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.